nerd. Nerds. 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 I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? So here we are. A thief, two thugs, an assassin, and a maniac. But we're not gonna stand by as evil wipes out the galaxy. I guess we're stuck together. Partners. Are you telling me the fate of 12 billion people is in the hands of these criminals? Oh, yeah. I look around, you know what I see? Losers. But life's giving us a chance. To do what? Something good? Something bad? A bit of both. Oh, what the hell? I don't got that long a lifespan anyway. themselves the guardians of the galaxy this might not be the best idea welcome to nerdables episode 54 this week we are talking guardians of the galaxy and i'm going to warn everybody right now that there will be plenty of spoilers throughout this so if you haven't seen the movie go see it then come back and listen to this episode uh joining me this week are ethan chris and welcome back sebastian for the second week in a row how's it going guys Good. Did you win a prize for coming back for the second week? We already had this conversation, Ethan. Shut up. That was the last time. It yeah. doesn't count because that wasn't recorded on that take. Yeah, see, Rich should be warning everybody that the recording might cut out at any it's possible moment. It's not going to cut out this time. Mm-hmm. We're trying audacity this time. We'll see if yeah, it works better. Yeah, the audacity better. is that we can record something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, everybody here has at least seen it once, right? Yes. Yes. I think I'm the only person in America that's only seen it once. No, I've, I've only, only seen, seen it, it once. Rich, Rich wow, is... you guys should jinx each other, and then you owe each other a Coke. <laughs> nah, it's cool. Yeah, I've seen it four, so. On Friday, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. That was actually the like... discussion I had with Mikey. He said he tried that with uh, episode two. When Let's I mentioned it. how many times that you that Rich had seen it, you know, like he saw it four times in six days. And Mike says, he's seen it four times in six days. Like, I don't think I've gone to see a movie twice in forever. <laughs> and I asked him, I was like, have you ever like gone something like that? And he said, the only thing I can think of is episode two, because I tried to see how many times I could see it in a day. One of the other guys, I worked at Target at the time. One of the other guys, uh, Brian. Brian. Brian bought like consecutive showing tickets for like midnight, and then the first showing on the Friday. Yeah. And then it was, you know, so it was like 10, and then two, and then six. And then nine. It was like all three hours apart. And I, dude, I'm I'm the biggest Star Wars fan I know. I could have never done that. It's just like, <laughs> dude, I can't. That's that's just watching the whole movie five times. I saw the remi- I hours. saw the re-release of Empire back to back like that. I saw the re-release. Of, I saw the re-release of Empire twice in the same day, only because 
we had all set up, all my friends and I had set up to go see it Friday night. And my best friend, Eric, called me and said, I can't make it. And I said, well, I get out at noon and there's a showing at one. Drive down and let's go. So he drove down. But it's different for that because that's a movie you know yes. you can watch. I've probably seen Empire twice in two days when I was a kid over and over again when I had it on this thing called video cassette. Oh, God, I probably watched it more what than that. What are those? I, Jesus, oh, no, I'm just saying over a couple of times where I'd watch it back yeah. to back. So that it's different when it's a movie that you know, unlike something like did you go see at midnight and then go see an IMAX the next day and realize at 1 o'clock in the morning... <laughs> That it's horrendously bad. He's talking about me with Spider-Man 3. It's still one of my favorite stories. <laughs> I went with the midnight showing with Chris and Mikey, and Beth went with us. and Because Ethan and Calouste were going to go see it on IMAX the next day, which is Friday. So we bought tickets to go with them. And we sat through Spider-Man 3 going, God, this is horrible. And all I could think of is... I got to get up in the morning and go back and watch it again. <laughs> Let's point out that the we part of this does not include me. Yes. But Beth was Beth looked at me and she goes, I hate you for so much for buying that extra ticket. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was not like Guardians though. Guardians I've I've enjoyed. I've laughed every time at the exact same parts and it's just gotten better you've and better for your me. your pants and you've had to change a couple times already, right? I think I found all of the uh all of the little easter eggs in it too. You mean so. like that one article that says if you found all the Easter eggs and it's all like really dumb stuff like it's Thanos? Like, yeah. It's like, did you find Thanos? Yeah. There. I know more Easter eggs. What the hell? And then the other one that's basically just all rumors. Yeah. It's like we think this could be this, and we think this could be this, and we think this could be this. I said, well, then those aren't Easter eggs. Yeah. My favorite really is the the Adam as Adam Warlock's cocoon. In the in the collectors, well, no, yes. that one is that, and, and James yeah. Gunn actually said that. that so one. that is okay because, and actually, you see it in Thor two when right. you see it's the collectors. Right, it's also in the same. It's yeah, it's pretty right. much the same set. Right, and yeah. he's, but James Gunn did say that um, Adam Warlock's cocoon was in the collector's shop, and because of the explosion, it will cause Adam Warlock's Warlock's cocoon. Wake up. Right. Yeah, okay. As, yeah, I, mean, I suppose it, it, there's a bit of irony in the fact that Adam Warlock has an Infinity Stone stuck in his head, and the Collector's had it right under his nose for yeah. how he knows how long. It's a different universe, Sebastian. You might not have the Infinity Stone in the movie universe. Well, see, and you know, here's the thing: is that um, one of the things that I put up where they're showing all, you know, like a YouTube clip of all of the spoilers that was going around. Um, I was looking at the comments on it, and there were all these people talking about the Infinity Stones, and you know. You know which ones were being shown and which ones you know they were already called. And we had looked it up on on uh, Marvel Wikipedia, and it showed that the Power Stone is the orb, and the Tesseract is the space gem. And then it said that the the Ether still wasn't named as far as a a gem yet, but it is one of them. And the Mind Stone is in Loki's staff. But see, and that's what it is. Was everybody got well, as soon as I put on there? Well, more than likely the Mind Stand Stone is in Loki's staff. Everybody started, you know, responding saying that's not true. There's no way. Do you actually think that Thanos would give Loki a staff that has a, a gemstone in it and then make him go get another one? That's not the staff that was given to Thanos. Or Thanos didn't give it to him. It's the staff he already had. In. No, in Avengers, he he gives him yeah he, he gives, gives him, him the staff, staff. but I, it's also one of the things like yeah the movies are kind of cornily written. I'm sure they didn't think about it ahead of time, right? So, of course, but there, you know there's so many st- there's so many gems that are stones 
that they've got to put in, they're, they're not going to spend the next eight or you know six, six movies to put them all in there, or how many movies they're going to try to develop them into it. Right. You know, but then everybody was like, well, that's stupid, because now the colors are wrong and everything. It's like, it's the movie universe. They're going to make the colors be whatever they want. It doesn't matter. But, so, okay, Guardians, what would you guys think of it? I enjoyed it a lot. I liked it. I enjoyed it as well. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Nerdables. <laughs> no elaboration on it at all. Well, we're. I liked US. it a lot. Okay, I, uh, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. It's not my favorite movie of the summer so far. That's been yeah. Uh, it's, probably, it's probably easier to, to Rise of the Planet of the Apes for me. <sighs> I needed to go. See I still that. haven't seen that one. Or is it, it Dawn of the Planet? It's Dawn. It's Dawn. That's Dawn. Rise was the first one. The local, Rise of the Dawn of the, the, local, of the uh, sleeping planet of the apes. K-Rock's local um, morning show, the, the guy on it, Ralph Garman, he gets so angry because the names are wrong. Yeah, they should be switched. Because they never thought, yeah, it should be switched. The right. Dawn should be the first one, the James Rise. Franco, and Rise should be this one. Yeah. But because they already used Rise, like, oh, yeah, shoot. We fucked it, it up. Should, it should have just been called Rise of the Planet of the Apes 2 because yeah. <laughs> it's just like... This is the next story of the way the planet rises, but okay. But as far as Guardians in the your Marvel films, where would you rank it? Oh boy, uh, Iron Man one still number one for me. Uh, but I, I will say it's a toss up between Cap two and Guardians for a slot two. Chris, I know what yours is already, but uh, yeah, I put it fourth because oh. I had Thor first, and then Cap two Avengers as sort of like a tie. Or two two A, and then I put Iron Man before Guardians. Ethan, Iron Man two. We've we've tried this with Ethan. Remember, he doesn't even know. <laughs> it's actually, like, Iron Man one. three. Get it right. <laughs> no, I mean it's definitely in the top five. Uh, I haven't thought about it enough to rank it because I have, you know, so less many, time uh... on my hands than everybody else here apparently. No, how, how much thought Trust does me. it actually think to put into? Well, I don't go to a movie and then afterwards think, "Oh, is it going to be number four in my top five or number three? Well, was it? It's, it's not like... a number four or anything like that. It's in terms of the movies that I enjoyed mm. the most, the ones that I've had that kind of sort of reaction to. And that's, uh, I think, the topic to bring up is that so much of the reaction that I saw online for this movie, for people that were in you know, that are steeped in that culture and people who aren't was very much when they walked out, this is the best Marvel film. This is the best mm-hmm. one by far. What a great movie. This is one of my favorite movies ever. Sorry, it's the... The dog tries to rip out. The dog tries to rip out my headphones. Um, so I saw a lot of that reaction, and I was very pleased to see that from other people uh, for reasons we'll get into later. But it's kind of interesting because I didn't have that reaction for this film. I enjoyed it a lot, but I didn't have the "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing that ever happened." I had that with Cap too. And so and you put Cap. The way that that my reaction of I loved it, but it's not my favorite. What I seem to be getting back from a lot of people is immediately like, "Oh, so you hated it?" Right. So it it seems like from a lot of people that I know. Because it's not my favorite, because I didn't have the same reaction that they did, I can't say that I enjoyed it because I didn't enjoy it as much as they did. And they're pushing back as, no, you must have hated it. I really liked this film. I liked it a lot. I didn't think it was perfect by any means. Right. And I've picked apart some of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting to see that. Because I didn't have that reaction. You know, I love Cap 2. 
It's one of my favorites. It's probably the second favorite. It's probably my favorite in terms of the reaction I had to it because I really wasn't expecting it that. Right. But people that came to me and were just like, yeah, I liked it. But, you know, I, I like Avengers and Iron Man and and this other movie more. I didn't just look at them and go, oh, so you hated it. But right. that seems to be the reaction I'm getting. It's kind of interesting to see. Oh, it's the, it's the curse of that very steeped in hyperbole. It's the greatest Marvel movie until the next Marvel movie. Right. It's, well, al- it's also the greatest movie ever until the next greatest movie ever. So it, it's, you know, uh, I don't know if that's just the modern ADD audience. They forgot about the other great films they saw. It's I, what's in hand right now is what I like. There's, there's a lot of It's that. like a little I mean, people, kid mentality with their toy. Yeah, Whatever people, the, their I mean, new toy is, they're, this their is favorite. the greatest toy. Oh, but this one has well, people talked about that talks. for a long time. The, the, the greatest, you know, the greatest comic stories of all time. There was a thing on CBR or whatever a couple days ago. It was like the 10 greatest Marvel comic stories of all time. And he said, you notice that five out of the 10 were in the last like 10 years. Yeah. Because that's what people remember and those are the people voting right. for it, yada, yada. What I would, but my point was this seems to be sort of something that happens in geek culture that if you don't like it as much as I like it, I automatically think that you didn't like it at all. Right. You know, I'm not qualifying it as saying, you know, I liked it on this scale. It's like a five and a half. And I said, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. But the reaction I get from a number of people that loved it, not from you, but from other people that I know. <laughs> no, I was just saying, when I told you, like, I really liked it, you didn't turn and go, like, oh, you must have hated it. Right. You, you said, okay, you really liked it. That's cool. But I've had other people that I just went, oh, they'll look at me just like, oh, you must not have liked it because you didn't like it as much as I liked it. Yeah. Or loved it or what have you. And it's not that I didn't love it. It's not that I didn't enjoy it. It's not that I didn't want to go see it again. I do. But I didn't do what I did with Cap, which is as soon as I walked out of the theater, I started planning when I was going to see it again. Yeah. I didn't do that with Guardians. I'll see it again, but I'm not like rushing out to go see it again. So I did the same thing I did with Cap was I immediately, the next opportunity I could go, which was the next day, I went and saw it. Because Cap 2 and Guardians are my two favorite Marvel movies. And I can't, you can't really, for me, I can't say, you know, oh, Cap 2 is better and then, than Guardians for this reason or vice versa because they're two completely separate movies. Well, yeah. they're also well, two fundamentally different stories right. as well. Yeah, but in terms of it's, – it's more of an aesthetic sensibility. It's the same thing with like Thor. Thor and Cap 2 are nowhere near the same type of film. Correct. I enjoy Thor more because I enjoy that character, and I, just, I love the way that movie's directed. I love the way it's written, the humor that's in it. Cap 2 is really close for the same thing. I think it's a really well-written, well-balanced, well-paced, well-acted, and it gives me the Captain America that I wanted. Mm -hmm. This is the Guardians that I wanted. It's fun. It's kooky. It's crazy. It's much lighter than a lot of the other ones, which I think works in some areas and it doesn't in some others. But it's still, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the first Cap or any of the the Iron Man sequels or, or Hulk. And it's just... Not comparing the movies like, well, Cap did this better than Guardians. No, it's just, I like, I love Cap. I liked Guardians a lot. You know, it's just from an aesthetics point of view. No, I, I totally agree. And yeah, and that's what I was kind of saying is that these two movies, you know, if you if you put them up there, you know, Cap, Cap to me is kind of the same feeling, not exactly the same feeling that I, I when I left, uh, when I, when I left The Dark Knight, but I kind of felt like, if you took out the comic book elements of the movie, it still works as a film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, Cap 2 is, is a, a spy thriller. Yes. And the same thing with, with Dark Knight. You could have had, it would have been the same thing. You know, it had been a, a really good psychological crime drama. Yeah. Guardians was 
exactly what I wanted from a Guardians book, you know, from a Guardians movie based on the book. It was fun. It, it was, you know, just like Chris says, lighthearted. There was a lot of adventure. It, it was it was kind of like going back to the original Star Wars movie in a way. And I know everybody's been comparing the two, but in a way it is. You have this, you know, band of misfits that are going around the galaxy trying to do the right thing, even though that, you know, they're a bunch of rogues. If you say that Rocket Raccoon and Groot are Han Solo and Chewbacca, I'm walking out because I'm no. so sick of hearing that crap. No. <laughs> to me, they're more C-3PO and R2-D2. <laughs> No, now the funny the thing the movie exists on its own. No, I, I agree. And and, and that okay, that was the good stop, thing. Stop for a second. Ethan's trying to say something for like ten minutes. Well no, I just say the funny thing to me is that this is the first Marvel movie that I've seen without knowing any of the source material. Like I've never read any of the comics for Guardians. You and a whole hell of a lot of other people. <laughs> well, I'm sure, yeah. But I mean like as you know, like knowing that, like knowing uh or Marvel did a good job of introducing these characters to the point where you didn't need to know the source material to understand what kind of characters they were. Well, I think I think they did to a certain degree, and I think they kind of dropped the ball a little bit with a couple, but again, it's sort of nitpicking stuff. But yeah, they did a good job of not over-explaining their origins either, just making it fairly quick and yeah. just like, this is the character. They, they drop you into it fairly quickly, which I like. There's not a lot of... There's not a lot of setup. There's not a lot of you know crazy introductions or anything. It's you know you you meet Star Lord and he grabs the orb and then he brings it somewhere and then he gets attacked there and then he you know it just kind of keeps going from there and everyone's right. motivations are to to a degree maybe a good thing maybe a bad thing everyone's motivations are fairly laid out for, you know and they're very simple. There's not a lot of complexity to it at all. Um, so it's it definitely was done in a way where yeah you don't have to know the source material and i think they do that with all the films they do a really good marvel's job been doing a really good job with it and also mm-hmm. not having to give in too much of the backstories you know they don't have to do their origins too much in order for everybody to get to who they are well just look at the scene in the collector's uh collection room or whatever the hell you want to call yeah. it trophy room when he's explaining everything i mean they they throw a celestial up and right. don't explain to you what it is right you, you know where is the head of this of a, of a dead celestial they just kind of present it as fact yep and i think really good sci-fi movies do that where they don't try to over explain everything i mean if you go back we'll talk about star wars hyperspace was just listed as hyperspace it right. wasn't sitting there going this is the way we travel between worlds faster than light and then we can reach these but it was just you this get is what in it the is car and, and go yeah right. you know it's the same sort of idea so they did a really good job, I think, of that. Um, they didn't try to over-explain who the Nova Corps were. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of implied. They're just space cops. They're better than Green Lanterns, apparently. I don't know. Well, see, and that's just it. Space this, cops. This movie, what, to me, when I walked out, I went, that's what Green, Green Lantern should have been. This movie, you know, this movie could have been the, what Green Lantern was. You spend only a brief second on Earth, and the rest of it is in the, you know, in the galaxy. Right. Where you're learning about, you know, the Green Lanterns more so than the whole backstory origin that they had. With well, even the Nova Corps in the movie, I think they were purpose. I mean, if you look at the Nova Corps in the comics, they are basically the Green Lantern Corps of the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe. But in the movie, I think it was very smart to lower them down by giving them spaceships and just regular right. firearms. So no one would draw the comparison that they are the Green Lanterns. And I thought that was very, very clever out to just make them regular people and not essentially superheroes, which uh, Green Lanterns, they're all superheroes for their own sector. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Nova thing was interesting to me because you kind of, 
knowing what the Nova Corps was and the way that they're presented, and I think one of the reasons they're presented that way in the comics was so that the artists didn't have to draw spaceships all the time. Um, yeah. You know, that's why they had the helmet and they could all fly and all that type of stuff. And I I found it and I was like, are they going to make them fly? Are they, and then you see the Nova Corps ship and you're like, okay, I get this. This, this sort of makes sense. So yeah, it, it kind of grounds them a little bit more and maybe it makes the probable future Richard Ryder Nova movie a little more special because he'll be like the supernova. And that's what, yeah, that's or, where I was thinking they'd probably do with it. But there's also the chance, I mean, even if they make him special or just the idea that because so much of the Nova Corps was seen on their home world where maybe they don't require special equipment, they just have their own ships to patrol versus out in the universe, you know, someone very far away from the pre-saint, I suppose is what you would call it, you know. Would then they need, would need like helmets. They would need special protection versus... Uh, the rest of them have to. It's like, no, we're here. We don't need. We don't need our fancy flying helmet. Well, one of the things I did like about this also was the fact that, you know, they they allow Star Lord to be out in space, you know, floating in space like you have in the comic books. But there were realistic reality and consequences with it. You know, when when he goes to save uh, Gamora when they're when she's outside of nowhere. And she's freezing up, you know, and you, you can see that, you know, and Rocket even makes that comment about, you know, well, her, her enhancements are going to keep her alive for a while. Right. But you immediately see his eyes starting to go, and, you know, and they're, they've come back and said, well, you know, you have probably about 30 seconds to a minute in space before you freeze up and die or, you know, the vacuum Well, it's also a sci-fi you. movie, and he's not human, so. Sure. And so that, that's, 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 that's the that's, other that's side the, of that's, it. It's like, no, it, it, look, it's not, it's not trying to, well, even gravity, she's. Spoiler for gravity: She crash lands on planet Earth with the space station and lives. Yeah, but no, it's like, no. Any, you're just dead. And it was just nice that, like, look, we don't have to explain it until the very end. You know, there's no need for a MacGuffin. You can even just say it's like a space helmet, whatever. He's wearing force fields, blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, the things that were, when going into this movie, the things that were really scaring me were how well was uh, Batista going to act as Drax? And how well Rocket was going to be perceived, because I knew you know it is basically a Disney movie at heart, and you know kids are going to go see this. Were they going to stay true to the character of Rocket as much? As, and they actually did, and I was actually very pleasantly surprised about Bradley Cooper doing the voice because immediately, and you can ask Chris immediately when they said uh, Bradley Cooper, I was like, oh god, no. Tables were flipped. Yeah. I was just oh I was I was upset you know because I I wanted Rocket to have like you always see with the the you know the cartoons and everything he has that British accent you know real Cogni accent. Uh, my I, as much as I enjoyed Bradley Cooper, my perfect Rocket Raccoon is still H. John Benjamin, and he's the only person that I ever will read Rocket's voice in in the comics just because the way he Archer and home movies yeah. and Bob's Burgers just that to me that's Rocket Raccoon but I you know. They did a good job with Bradley Cooper. Also, they did, but the, they, it was a good job that they didn't do Bradley Cooper as Bradley Cooper. Yes, yes. So Bradley Cooper is is underrated for his what he can do. Right, like you know, he's so a really good actor. Yeah, so anybody really actor who doubted did, his yeah. ability to just to be a voice, voice actor and be able to change. Well, so I didn't. I didn't doubt his ability I didn't think as it was an actor. Odd that somehow Rocket Raccoon is from New Jersey. That's what I didn't understand. <laughs> Not as odd as figuring out how Yondu is a space alien and yet was born in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Space Merle? Space, space Merle. Merle. Space Merle! So what did you, did you, speaking of Yondu, what did you think of the changes from the comic book Yondu to the uh, movie Yondu? Couldn't tell you. I, I think he keeps in the same spirit of Yondu, and that's more than okay for me. Yeah, Ethan kind of had 
to Ethan's point, it's my point. I hadn't read, uh, I didn't read Eminent Landings until just after. I picked up the the complete collection, but I didn't read it until after. So I had no idea who the hell Yondu was. Right. So I went in just like, okay, it was that. I knew it wasn't the people that picked up Peter. Right. The, well, I guess it would be in the original. I don't even know, to tell you the truth, to tell you the story of the original. Was the Reavers? Re- Reavers? Renegade? Ren- what, what, what were their names? There's also like two origins for Star no, Wars. Reaver, so. yeah. There's, yeah, there's been mo- multiple. Because there's like his first appearance origin. Do you know then... what the first appearance origin was? He was basically Christ. Right. Yeah, it was Space Jesus. Yes, that that would have been a cool movie. <laughs> Space Jesus. Space Jesus and the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, which they 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 beautifully reference with his mom, you know, saying it's like, oh, his dad was, was an, an angel, angel made of pure light. So, Space which, Jesus. Which you know what that brought up a lot of people going, oh, you know who his dad is? His dad's Adam Warlock. Warlock. No, 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 no. His dad is Space Jesus. But even even that, they kind of went back and are midichlorians. <laughs> he was birthed by the Force itself. Are we still on I've got Star Wars? A, I've got a fan theory on that, and I think the Emperor created Anakin. Oh, I I totally agree with that. Oh, let's save that for something else. That's that's for another time, though. We, we'll we do. need the we need the Star Wars rumor discussion one to be something else. We'll we do it. We'll do a Star Wars one. Yeah, yeah, we can't get through an entire podcast without talking about Star Wars for two and a half hours. Yeah. No. Um. But it, obviously, his dad's going to end up being Jason from Sparta. Uh, Sparta. I almost said Sparta. Sparta. Spartax. Spartax, yeah, Spartax. This is yeah. Sparta. Um, but I, I kind of, you know, like, for me, knowing the history, knowing the story, um, and knowing all the different versions of, you know, his origin, there were little things that, from when, when his mom was talking to him in the beginning of it, that would stand out, for, for instance, the angel part of it and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I... I don't know. The movies for for me, even with Groot, I, I was impressed with the way they did Groot. Yeah. You know, and staying they stayed true to Groot, which was another great thing. I don't think it's that hard to stay true to Groot. He's a fairly... Special feature on the DVD should be uh, Groot subtitles for what he's saying. That would be cool. <laughs> Just so they can stop the dumbest rumor ever, which is that no one can understand Groot, not even Rocket. Yeah. And that, that really just peeves well, me so much. Rocket obviously speaks to him no he does but people are just like i mean he's responding to, to things it, yeah that he said. exactly but i liked how he did it though they did it where if you know the story you know how rocket and Groot communicate yeah you understand that but they also did it almost a little bit sarcastically where if you were just a mainstream you know and you you're a mainstream person and didn't know anything about it that it could almost be like Groot was speaking, you know, almost doing like a, a Howard and Raj type thing where, you know, sometimes where uh, in Big Bang Theory where Raj will whisper into Howard's ear and then he'll say something completely different than what Raj was trying to say. Right. So he, it's just like Groot was trying to say something, but Rocket's making it so, you know, he's agreeing with him or he's, you know, speaking, you know, he he's giving... I don't know. He's giving his own translation. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to. What I want is the Grootees to English dictionary where it's just everything is just I am Groot and then they just pick phrases. Yeah, well, you have to. So it's like 100 pages where it's just on the side says I am Groot and then it says, Where is the bathroom? I am Groot. Where is the library? I am Groot. What is for dinner? I am Groot. That would be awesome. Just change the little accent marks for the pronunciation. (laughs) I want the Groot and Hodor buddy movie. Oh, God. (laughs) I saw something on that. I don't remember what that would be the greatest movie in the world. I am Groot Hodor. I no, am there was there was like a there was like a meme or something, or a drawing or something on the internet like right after it. It was that it was like all the characters that just have like one line. 
It was like Pikachu, Groot, and and Hodor, <laughs> like as a team. And it was there's like, the new Avengers. Uh, and the easiest movie, the easiest dialogue to write ever. Their telepathic <laughs> powers allowing them to perfectly understand each other. Right. Speaking of telepathic, what did you think of uh, Cosmos? Did I thought you... it was fun. I thought it was fun. Uh, for me, it's just you know, it's partially you know like the old space race reference. Yeah. You know, looked like a. But yeah. it, Cosmos. Was Most really people fun. thought it was like. Well, that's the yeah. thing. They pick. They pick a. They did it in a way that yes, if you're a mainstream, yeah, you would. You've never read it. It's like, oh, cool. They have something that flew into space, space from right? Earth. And but then, and, it's but also... if you know it, like that's what my my again, not reading that version of the comic beforehand, I saw that as as just that thing. I'm like, oh, they have one of the dogs. Yeah. And then reading the comic, I'm like, oh, it's a nod to him. I thought it was a good choice not to use him. I've heard some people are like. He should have. He should have said something I don't telepathically think needed, yeah. to, the, to the the collector. At I the thought. End. I thought they were going to do that at first. I'm glad they didn't though, because it's such a hard thing to explain. Further. Right. That's one of the things that it works in comics. It's really tough to work in a movie, especially if you haven't set anything up getting to that point. Mm-hmm. You get to the point where he's walking through the collector's thing and he looks at him and he says something to him, especially before he licks his face. Right. Your audience is going, "Wait, what? He can? T- what the hell is this?" I think it it makes. Someone who doesn't know Cosmos's story start to turn those wheels in your head, and it's something you don't want to think about walking out of it. Right. Well, they did another little nod to to the Cosmos story in in the books is when when Rocket and Cosmos when Rocket walked yeah, past the, and they the growled each other. But I, I I agree with you. They they did set it up now where if they want to go back in Guardians two or whatever. And do it where Cosmos speaks telepathically. It's not going to seem so out of place. I just don't think you do it. it I don't think isn't. you need to. But yeah, this, this, look, you already have a bunch of characters on the screen. I think you almost double up some of the characters too. We got into this argument with someone the other day where I think Drax is fairly worthless because you already have Groot. You have the heavy. Right. The argument against it is, well, they're two separate characters and they have interesting backstories and they do stuff. Yeah, but in terms of the di- the story dynamic for the team, they're the same exact person because Drax never accomplishes anything. Right. That was one of my uh, uh, me and a buddy of mine were talking about sort of our nitpicks with the movie and that Gamora and Drax did not have a set piece action scene, even though Drax and Groot are basically the muscle. You know, there was never that moment. I, if anybody here saw John Carter, where he's yeah. attacked by the Warhoon and he got he has his two swords. And he just, you know, hacks away at hundreds of guys. And he's hacking even to, like, he's telling to the point where he's just so exhausted. But right, and you never, like you never get that the, moment. Yeah, you never get that moment. The thing with Drax and Gamora is they, I thought those two characters more than anything else, they relied on people who had already known who the Guardians of the Galaxy were, who these characters yes. were, going into it going, oh, Ronan is such a badass because he beats Drax. And Drax, I know from the movies, is pretty incredible. Or from the comics, I'm sorry. Gamora, the same thing. Her battle with Nebula is, oh, Nebula must be amazing because she keeps up with Gamora. If you watch the film, to me, personally, there's no tension. neither of them do anything worthwhile that justifies that sort of reaction. Right. Yes, Drax takes out a couple of guards in the prison, but Groot takes on everybody. Well, even mm-hmm. yeah, even Groot has his moment where he extends his branches and exactly. wipes out 50... But you, Drax and Gamora never have that moment. Well, even Rocket takes out and seems like more than... Well, yeah. think of think of the fact that Gamora fails at everything she does. Yeah, right. You know, she tries to capture Peter and she gets upstaged by a raccoon mm-hmm. and a tree. You know, she hacks a little bit off of him, but no, no big deal. So I thought that was one of the things lacking is that a lot of the stuff, a lot of the backstory is told to you. Yes. You don't see... 
why Drax is such supposedly such a badass. You don't see why Gamora is such a badass. And to me, you also don't see why Ronan is so bad. I mean, he's presented as the villain, but much like the problem I have with any film that doesn't use Loki as a villain, that villain is really substandard to me. I don't think he had the presence that a lot of people were giving him credit for. Well, he was supposed to be that Darth Vader ominous, you know, bad guy. But he doesn't. But really he doesn't do come he across just, that. Look, he, he kills the first guy, you know, tortures him or whatever, but he doesn't do anything. You want to talk about Vader? Vader stands there and holds Princess Leia while she, they blow up her planet. Right. And he doesn't, you know, like, hey, this is cool. You know, so he obviously kills the guy at the beginning. You've seen him do all these crazy things that, that are bad. To me, I guess I didn't see enough of Ronan. I, I didn't think his presence was really intimidating enough to me. But it may be just something personal. Well, no. Yeah, well, I, even on his presence, I loved his look. I loved the costume. But I do wish, again, it's... In the, I, I loved his costume. I just thought it should have been bigger. No, it, and it's in the age of, you know, it's like, look, you, they, they're just standard film tricks to make him look gigantic. You don't yeah. need CGI. Just shoot him at different perspectives, on different size sets, just to give him that look. Because when Star-Lord is the same height as him, there's nothing imposing about him. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons that... Vader is so imposing is because David Prowse plays him and he's almost seven feet tall. Right. And he was wearing boots. So I, I thought there was there wasn't enough to prove that Ronan was so so much of a threat until the very end when well, they he, hit him with the rocket and he still survives. So it, it's sort of like you don't see him do anything. But even that is the it's the power of the Infinity Stone, you know. Even the battle between Ronan and Drax could have been more intense. Right, and it was nothing. It, yeah, see, it was, well, that it, was just—that was just a whole bunch of you know Ronan throwing Drax around. Right, because really that was fight. that was the establishment. It, it, it's the thing that um, I'll always remember. I went to a Star Trek convention, and Michael Dorn was talking about his character Worf, and he's the only reason I exist is to prove how badass the bad guy is. And I don't think that works anymore because if all of the bad guys can kick my ass, then what's I'm the useless. point? What's yeah, the point? it's, it's yeah. useless. You know, you don't get to see him be. There wasn't enough of watching Worf. Just, like, walk in and knock heads and, like, hey, you know what? It's, so, it's the same thing there. When you see him beat Drax, what's the big deal? Right. To that point, like, if he beat Groot, be like, okay, I, I sort of get it. He must be really strong and he's really, you know, he knows how to fight because he can take on this thing that can, you know, grow all these tendrils and do whatever and it's super strong and it's super crazy. But even so, if they had Drax, you know, getting the, the upper hand on Ronan sometimes, it would show you Drax's power, too. See to me, the one thing I said was. But then you're you're eliminating, you're eliminating what that scene is supposed to like. From a story point, I know what that scene is supposed to be. Right. It's supposed to be if Drax is set up again, like in a comic. Drax is someone who could take on Thanos. Right. He was born and bred, and his whole reason for being and everything he did was that someone who could kill, what's basically a god. Right. So when somebody would beat Drax, it was like, oh my god, that They're person a must be really powerful. Yeah. They don't do that here because even in the prison, he doesn't do anything special. He doesn't do anything more he than He takes Gamora out a robot, does. basically, and throws, but, throws a couple guys around. Yeah. You don't see him pick up anything super crazy strong. Right. Something that already has lifters with it anyway. It's not that big. He takes on as many people as Gamora does. So it really the, – the prison scene, the breakout, I thought was a little disingenuous for what those characters could be because mm -hmm. you didn't get to see them be as good as they could – because you had to ramp up the tension of are they or are they not going to be able to get out. Right. It almost felt like the breakout scene should have been pathetically easy. You know, like breakout, like, well, that was no big deal. 
Yeah. That was cool. You know, just Drax just punched a hole in the wall and we walked out. That would have been cool. But you can't do that in that type of film. Again, this is all nitpick type stuff. I mean, it, it's... Well, it, here's, yeah, and here's something that I, I said when I walked out. I don't know if I told you, Chris, or not. But, but what I felt that they did was they sacrificed a lot of the violence and the action scenes for the language. Like, like they actually went back and said, you know what? We know kids are going to go see this. Kids can handle shit in some of these other words a lot better than somebody punching the you know punching somebody to death or you know killing anybody. That's why I think Groot had most of the action because it was a tree. It wasn't a you know a biped, almost human-looking person killing or beating up another you know human-looking person. He just stab eight guards with a tree branch. I know that's still awesome. <laughs> so. so. And then knock I, another fifty around with those eight. Yeah. If if <laughs> I don't know how much of that was a conscious decision to to tone down the violence, but yeah, there is there's a lack of that kind of like killer instinct in it, especially mm-hmm. for someone like Rocket, who's right. supposed to be pretty. It's there. But I, it I don't know if I buy that so much, especially when you look at the Winter Soldier and Cap is you know he kills twenty people in the first ten minutes of the film on that boat. You know, but I, I think they thought... he knocks a guy in the ocean to basically die. Well, that, that's what yeah. we're saying. Is yeah. in other Marvel films, they don't shy away from that. No. In Guardians, they I can't. Do. Yeah, and I can't. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like I can't imagine that it was a conscious decision to tone down the violence because of how much violence they show in the other films. Well, but I can tell you, as many times as I saw Cap in the theater, as many times as I saw this in the theater, the kid to adult ratio was completely different for Guardians than it was for Cap. There were more kids going. This this seemed like it was more of a kids' film than what Cap would have been. Even though this was a PG thirteen movie, the second and uh, the fourth, third and fourth showings I went to, there were seven to ten year olds that were you know there were probably about forty or fifty of them in there. But again, what we were talking about earlier to try and compare those films in terms of tone, correct? It, you really can't, and, and that's especially with characters that aren't already steeped in lore. They're completely and utterly marketing brand new characters right. to a to a wide stream audience you're not going in with your preconceptions of what captain america is what thor is even what iron man is right so that helps with that kind of marketing i think disney marvel figured that out very early and going we can market this a completely different way because no one's going to go in not no one the larger part of the audience is not going to go in knowing what the hell a rocket raccoon is. You know, we talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago or two years ago. Nobody knew what the fuck Star-Lord was. Right. And now he's one of the most popular characters in, in American culture. Nobody knew what Rocket Raccoon and Groot were. Yeah. In terms of a larger sense. People, quote-unquote, in the know. It's the target audience. Knew. Yeah. So it, it's... I think they toned it down, which is why part of the problem I have with Ronan, he never does anything that's really that mm-hmm. bad. Yes, he enters into a deal with Thanos to destroy this planet, but other than them telling you, hey, he wants to destroy a planet, he doesn't do anything. Right. right? You see his flashback of the destruction, or his dreams of the destruction, but you never actually see him do anything. Right. He doesn't really do anything that, you know... Well, even when he tells... It would almost be like having the Death of Phoenix storyline, and it's just... You just blank out on all the stuff... And then you get to the point where she's on trial in the Shi'ar, like, oh, yeah, she blew up a star and killed a whole bunch of planets and about nine billions beings. They show you that in the comic when she does it. Right. So it's got, more, it's got more weight to it. I think a lot of this just doesn't have the weight behind it that I personally would have thought it should have had. But, mm-hmm. again, it's a different type of film. It's also a film in which the, the, the good guy wins by dancing. 
I still like that. And it's not Spider-Man 3. Yeah. No, it was done right this time. <laughs> I still think it was wrong. No, but even even when Ronan tells Nebula to cleanse, you know, the prison, they don't there's they not, don't show you the cleansing right. of the prison. Right. Which is again what what my I'm thinking they made a conscious decision to say we're not going to show any of this type of stuff. Yeah. Because we are targeting it towards an audience that's a little bit younger. Um Maybe not even targeting it, but you knew because of the characters. Oh, no, it's targeting. Look behind you. That's oh, yeah, targeting. you're yeah. right. The rocket, you see yes. A, you didn't see a plush falcon in every single booth at Comic-Con, but there's... The plush, yeah. The and, plush even, and, there, and there's even a plush rocket available in stores now that's in the other does costume. He, does he grab his crotch if you push a button on his back? <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> but, see, but I was glad they kept those elements with Rocket. They, they did stay true to the character yes. to a degree... But they, you know, even even with Drax and, and Gamora, they stayed true to the characters to a degree. Yes, no, there's a, there's a faithfulness to them, and for me, the big thing about especially comic book movies, uh, and the more successful ones tend to, uh, or that ha- or at least get a wide reach, is that they they hang on to what like the base of the character, the sort of like that essence of what it means and what the stories are. Right. When you look at something like Guardians of the Galaxy, it, it's the essence of Guardians that comes across, and even things like the original Sin City movie. It's you know the it's not 100% Frank Miller insanity, but it's mm-hmm. the essence of that. And even you know the reason why the original Superman movie is still so popular is because it's the essence of Superman. Right. And again, the Marvel Marvel has had that more so than anybody else, apart from Batman, because Batman's just going to be popular. I I. I you know, as much as people want to complain about the Joel Schumacher Batmans, they made a shit ton of money. Yeah. Because regardless, those bat that Batman still means something to somebody. Right, right, right. And, and even it though means residual check. <laughs> Joel Schumacher. It does, but it's also because it's the it's basically a, a, a crappy live action version of the '60s show. And that's what I was. What the Joel Schumacher movies are, so they had that appeal to the people who love the '60s yeah. show. Well, that runs into like what me and Chris talked about a long time ago regarding like how people got into Batman. I mean, like, it's those kind of... It's some people's first experience with Batman, and so that's why so many people still like it. Right, and the fact that, I mean, uh, the hub has been playing it nonstop for kids. But, I mean, Batman, for me, anyways, to go off on a tangent, Batman always has that cycle of he becomes super dark and serious, and then that next generation comes along and goes like, whoa, hey... We got a Tony. Come on, but, let's yeah. tell, let's come on. Let's have a little bit of fun with Batman. He could be happy too. Yeah, he can be happy. That means the next batch of films are gonna suck. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the Affleck Batmans are gonna. Because we've now hit that that he sings. But okay, I would I would see that. You you mentioned you mentioned Star Lord dancing. You know, even though that to me that didn't seem even though it was kind of corny and cheesy. It didn't seem out of character for him to do that. I didn't say it was out of character for him. It's out of character for Ronan because Ronan would have smashed his fucking skull in yeah. immediately. True. The idea that oh, I started doing a jig, and this guy who wants to destroy an entire planet, who just walked out yeah. of a Kree battleship, falling onto the Earth, he suddenly and taken got aback. hit by a right. rocket. All of a sudden, if I start doing the Watusi, I'm going what? I'm just gonna stand here and wait until someone else can blow up my Infinity Stone. That to me was dumb and that part took me right out because i couldn't help but while i'm watching it i'm not laughing along with everybody else going oh it's so funny that he's doing the running man with me i'm going fucking kill him already right it's every james bond movie in which the bad guy tries to explain it 
when Bond is just kind of standing there, like, okay, I'm just waiting for you to finish explaining why you're going to take over the world. Finish monologue. I got a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of guys coming in. So it just. Do you think it was one of those things where they got themselves into a rock and a hard place and didn't know what to do to get out of it? And no, I, it was just a I've seen enough James Gunn movies to know, like, no, I can, that, that's, that's pure James Gunn yeah, right that, there. That's, that's in the original yeah. script. I'll, I'll guarantee it. I get it. I'm, again, I'm glad people are buying it because that's the thing. When I first saw it, I saw it Friday morning when it was released. And right. there were already, you know, the pre-reviews were, this is amazing. This is incredible. The Thursday night midnight releases were almost all positive walking out. When I saw it, I said, that's the thing that I could see people coming out and going, that's dumb. Yes. And people didn't. They bought it. They liked it. They liked the Kumbaya and everything. And I thought, I mean, it was it was well done for what it was. And, you know, they, they like the fact that, yet again, in a Marvel film, nobody dies. Mm-hmm. Except nobody. for Ronan, and they can always No, 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 in, in, terms of, in terms of heroes. We've, heroes. Now, we've now had, what, 42 Marvel films? Not a single hero has died. Hey, Rock, uh, Groot's come the closest. But here's the problem. Rocket knows that Groot isn't going to die. Right. So why is he so upset? Yeah, I, I kind of... The way that they present it... He, this had, is, they, he had a potted plant ready. That's the thing. Is my problem with the way Rocket reacts to group dying? Group right. First off, sacrifice himself and then dying. If it was presented as he picks up the the, the twig, whatever, mm-hmm. and plants it as a memorial, that makes sense. Right. But they don't because when Groot is alive, nobody reacts to the fact that he comes back to life. Right. And they already no established one. with Groot once you cut off his arms that they're going to go right. back. Right. And this is this is different. I mean, he blows up into a, a thousand pieces. Sure. It they need to me, they needed the scene where the eyes open and he yawns and Rocket's you know, either Rocket's crying or Rocket's really excited or something like I didn't know you were going to survive because when you see it, it's like why what is he so upset about? Right. He knows all all I have to do is find a twig. Right. And I and I just have to put him in and I got to water him and he's okay. The fake out to me is to the audience, and they're trying to sell that with the audience. Totally, I and totally they don't, agree. They don't. They don't have again, a payoff. Lazy writing. They don't give it to you within the story, within right. the confines of its own story. There isn't a moment given to you. And every, I've had people that you know, you know, look at me and like, oh, you're just bitching to bitch. Like it happened off screen. Like, so if, if it happens off screen, you still don't see it. You're assuming something's there. The way that Drax reacts, where like he looks at him. He looks at Groot, and Groot stops dancing and goes back. Hilariously funny, but nothing along the lines of, oh, my God, you're still alive. Even if they had Drax, right. you know, with a smile on his face or whatever. The, the, the cap waking up at the end, the, on your left, and you see Michael mm-hmm. Sam's, you know, because maybe he's not going to make He's in intensive care. Who knows? And he's smiling like, all right, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. You've now gone all these films, and Entertainment Weekly put this up earlier in the week. It's time for Marvel to pull the trigger because everybody's still alive. I, mean, I think everybody's kind of expecting that Avengers 2, that's where it's going to happen. I think, I, I I think it's going to so. be Avengers 3. Yeah. Because it's going to be Infinity Gauntlet. And if you get to the Infinity Gauntlet, nobody dies. Yeah. Your stakes yeah. are... But the problem is, is your stakes aren't there. This is the argument I had Thursday with someone, where I said, the stakes are there. Like, well, it's a kid's film. They don't care about stakes. And I said, but you have to have stakes. If nobody dies, mm-hmm. especially now, especially when you have some that have very... Cap and Cap 2 and Avengers to a certain degree and Thor have a very serious undertone to them. Right. But you get to the end of all of it, Odin doesn't die. Odin does die. Odin doesn't die. 
In the second one, Odin dies because Loki replaces him on the throne. Doesn't mean he's dead. Well, that's true. You don't see it. Talk about the first one. Odin doesn't die. He enters the Odin sleep. Right. Uh, Nick Fury doesn't die, and we all knew that. If you really fall, you know, one of the problems with Cap Two, probably my only problem with Cap Two, is when Fury dies. I'm like, he's signed for like 20 more movies. He's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. Forget it. You know, they're they're not going to pay him 200 million dollars to be like, ah, we like the story point. Group doesn't die. Agent fucking Coulson does not the die. The only one. and The, the, the only ma- – look, that was the perfect character that you can set up and kill. People loved him. Yep. Did they he, lo- well, I know people loved him. I didn't love him. So I was, people loved I was him, like, yeah, he's in terms of In terms of, of in certain, in the greater, world, in, yeah. in a greater thing, in a greater sense, people liked him. They liked that character. That was the one to say, hey, this shit matters because someone that you know that you followed is dead and he's not coming back. Nope. He's on a TV screen and six Wheaton, months after. And Wheaton did that so well. And and you're right. When you when you first said that, when he first the whole Colson lives thing, you, it, you said that it was just that's the studio saying, we got a show we want to do. We need to have somebody that's going to draw people into it. Oh, what do we do? Bring back this character because we know we can get him on TV. We know we can afford it. Yeah. And, you know, and Joss Wheaton is notorious for killing off a character you know, in a story to prove a point, and well, he also, I mean, if you watch Buffy, he brings characters back all the time. So that man right. does and, not and, know. And about I understand death. that it's a comic trope and all that sort of thing. Right. The the movies separate themselves from the comics in so many other ways. They try mm-hmm. to be. There's a reason they picked the characters they did. Mm-hmm. They didn't pick the magical characters. They didn't pick pick the super 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 crazy, you know. Uh, mystical type of characters. Thor is close, and they try to explain everything away as science. That right. He's an alien. In order to try and ground it to a type of movie that people have already seen. But James, already J. Michael accepted. Straczynski did that first, though. In but, his right, run. but they still, there was something there. That's what they decided to go with. They, there's a reason they didn't pick Doctor Strange early. There's a reason they didn't pick some of the other crazier characters. Well, Feige even said now in an interview that he just did that, you know, when they get to Strange and things like that, you know, he had just been watching co- the Cosmos show on Fox and everything, and he loved how uh, science and, you know, the mystical realms seemed to kind of, he, for him, it kind of fit together through that show. And he says that that's going to op- open up the opportunity for Marvel to get into the mysticism, but kind of give it more of a scientific well, then he didn't watch that show. I, know. Yeah, I was going to say. I, well, that's what I was like. I didn't, I didn't get that from that show at all. But more than anything, we'll go forward with that point. The reason that I'm so happy with the success of this film is that it emboldens Marvel to not do Iron Man, Cap, Thor, Iron Man, Cap, Thor, Iron Man, Cap. It's Thor, opened Iron up the. Mo- it gives them a chance to say we can do Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Miss mm-hmm. Marvel, Moon Knight, whatever else they want to do. They know they can be successful with it if people don't know who those characters are. Guardian, like we said it before, it was someone else said it first that I read it and went forward from that saying this is the most important of the Marvel films because it opens up an entire universe where Kevin Feige, anybody else with with Disney or Marvel can say, but nobody knows who Black Panther is. Who cares? Right. If we put Marvel films at the top and we get a really good actor to play Black Panther and we get another really good actor in it and all this type of stuff, it's going to work. Yep. Nobody yeah. thought Chris Pratt was going to work. Boom. Nobody thought we'd have a digital character who's a fucking raccoon. It would work. Boom. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought we could have something that didn't play take place on Earth except for, for the first five minutes. Boom. We didn't have anything that had all this color and crazy characters that nobody knew or it was funny in tone. 
boom. They could do Christopher Priest's Black Panther right now, and that movie would make a billion dollars. Yeah, I still think they could do you know, Captain Marvel with you know somebody at Marvel is kicking themselves for going. Oh, why did we cast Idris Elba? In four, yeah. oh my god. No, I think I said uh, early on. Waste that... of a casting decision. People want to talk, and it's like, no, no racism. No, it's just he's such a great actor. Waste. Yeah. Waste of an entire actor for that universe. No, I, I, great I, I think you even said that at one point, that that's who should play it. Oh, yeah, totally. But it's yeah. not it, it, as long as it's not Wesley Snipes. Yeah. No, but I was saying. Still be Blade. I, they got the chance. I, early on, I I kind of said that this film for Marvel is just as important as Iron Man one one was. Yes, I think this is more important because this, this way now with taking it so far out with these characters and these type of characters, you just open up. Most of the rest of the Marvel universe, right, right. It's, no, it's I, not in terms of opening the Marvel universe because oh, we're in this other section. What I'm saying is because Iron Man still had enough of the comic book culture of itself. Iron Man has been published mm-hmm. consecutively since 1963, whatever. Guardians has been canceled four times. Right. You just made a movie with a comic book that's been canceled four times that mm-hmm. no one outside of a Marvel fan knows exists. Right. There are comic book fans. Who just got into it? DC, Image, whatever, Top Cow, Dark Horse, Star Wars, whatever. They have no idea these characters exist. That movie just made a billion dollars. Yeah. This is sitting there saying we don't have to cast Robert Downey Jr. every two years. We don't have to make another Cap movie every four or five years. You can save those three characters and make Avengers two, and more importantly, Avengers three. Right. Incredibly special because you can walk away from Avengers two and go, we're not going to do a whole bunch of Iron. We're not going to do Iron Man five. We're not going to do Thor 3. We've already got Cap 3 going because we got to get the Winter Soldier in there because we're going to kill Chris Evans in, in Avengers 3 and someone else is going to mm-hmm. take over. You can use that film as this is your chance to see Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Chris Evans as Captain America, and that makes that movie even more special because you're not tired of those characters. Right, right. and in the end, they're just going to recast all those actors eventually. Well, I think they'll do all the legacy stuff. I, you know, I, it's the curse of the legacy is that how many, because people still want to go and see their favorite characters. This one is like, yeah, anyone can be Cap. Yes. And that's absolutely fine. But no one can be like, but no one else can be Steve Rogers, but Steve Rogers. And I do get the feeling and I, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kevin Fee, who's talked about that has said he doesn't shy away from taking that James Bond aspect of. It's like, yeah, just because, look, it doesn't matter. It's Steve Rogers. It's just another actor playing him. Well, Nobody... they already did it with Bruce Banner. Right. They already did it with Rhodey. And they've done it with yeah. Rhodey as well. And I think that's okay because there are a lot of great actors who will bring new but things it's dip- to those it's characters. Different. Well, I guess Bruce Banner would be a part of it. They haven't made a Hulk movie without Edward Norton. And they haven't made – I think it's going to be tough <laughs> to recast Steve Rogers. I think it would be really tough to recast um, – uh, Tony Stark. I, I can't see anybody else playing that role to any sort of success once Robert Downey Jr.'s done it. Well, I think if you do it, you you step away from those characters for a while. You know, yeah. You, you, you give them, after Avengers 3, let's say, then that's going to be where you lose Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. You step away from those characters for maybe five, ten years. You give people time to... Re- I don't even think it'll be that long because... That's just, wasn't that long just to reboot Spider-Man. Yeah, that, that's Spider-Man true. only took four years to reboot. Yeah, three and, years well, and ago. even then, you know, you've got. But they're not. But the thing with Spider-Man is, you're not continuing the same thing. You're no. You, it's going to be hard to have a film. It's going to be hard to have Captain America four, 
be the first film after Avengers 3, let's say. And, you know, Johnny Come Boy Band is playing Steve Rogers. Right. Are you going to buy that? Johnny Come I, Boy I, Band? Yeah, you know what? That's a, I, I, But I also think that's sort of the argument of, you know, the, that sort of argues from the stance that, well, Chris Evans being, he's Johnny Storm. He's too funny to be Captain America. And I just goes like, look, if it's a good enough actor, people will be happy. So that's where I think the legacy can work. If it's a good enough actor and it's a compelling story, it can work. You can have, what's, what's your boyfriend's name? I always get it wrong because I always say Sebastian, Sebastian Stan. Stan. Yeah, Sebastian Stan. If he's good enough to be Bucky as Cap and that story is compelling, it'll work. It worked in the comics. You're talking about a comic in which everyone's, no, Steve Rogers, I don't want him. And then a year later, like, I don't want Steve to come back. Yeah, they I want, love I want some more Cap. time. I want some more time. Same and thing then, happened with, with but then when But then when Cap came back, when Steve came back, the comic sold even more than than Bucky being Cap ever did. So. But there's a difference between being sold more because shops ordered it like crazy. No, but, but, people didn't. but it's also Look, the right audience. For, there was an outcry for Steve to not come back so soon. Yes, Steve was going to come back eventually. You always give him it. more time. The same thing with Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson was being written so well as Batman, especially in the Batman and Robin book by Morrison, that people were like, I can I can deal with that. No, and that, that's very true. But the moment you say Steve Rogers is back in a film people will freak out because their audiences that eventually these films will become generational and it will be that moment of, Oh my God, Steve Rogers is coming back as Captain America. Who's playing him this time. And just, I like can with, see that. just like with James Bond. It's like, Oh, James Bond is coming back. Who's playing him. Daniel Craig's playing him. Okay. But even with the Bond films, they a... gave a, a big enough break between, you know, Pierce Bronson to, you know, Daniel Craig to, you know, whoever. And that was, that was a hard, that was the a thing re- with the Bond films, though, is that each character doesn't talk about the, the thing before. Yes, they it, do. There isn't anything. There's been a couple that there's have been. been a couple, but Casino Royale does not reference, no, you know, but, but that is, but that is, never dies. but that is, but that is a completely new Bond continuity. That's what I mean. Right. If you have a new continuity, you can do it. Well, even in the old continuity, they did it when George, La- when, uh, when George Lazenby had, uh, his wife die. The next Sean Connery movie immediately began with him hunting down her killer in Blofeld. And then after that, Roger Moore visiting her grave. And then Timothy Dalton being questioned at Felix Leiter's wedding about his wife. And then uh, Pierce Brosnan being you know, asked if he had ever loved somebody and lost them. So no, there is a continuity between those movies. Even... Come on, the, There's the, worst a Brosnan, the, the worst Pierce Brosnan movie still had him looking back at his crappy jetpack from from, with, from Russia with Love, going, hey, does this thing still work? So yeah. There, well, I, oh, yeah, yeah. So I think it's different when you but, have a character that was created that way and, and done, you know, so... I, I, don't know. I argue I, from I, the standpoint that Steve Rogers is drawn and written differently a million different ways in the comics, and I don't think people will care. comics are a different beast than movies. It works for Doctor Who. So. It works for Doctor Who. It works yeah, for well, James Bond. But, but that character's been established to do that. Right. Yeah, Doctor Who. We're not sitting here saying, hey... Steve goes through a transformation where he looks like a completely different person. Right. But no one will. You know, that was the joke that we had. I don't think anyone will question it, though. Have have somebody else play Hulk in Avengers 3, and you finally like, why do you look different every time I see you? You know, that would have been. No one will question it as long as it's a good act. I think no one questioned when Edward Norton became Bruce Banner. No one questioned when Mark Ruffalo took over, and I well, think with the Edward Norton, I questioned thing, it really at there first. Was, the, the Ruffalo got a little bit, but as soon as no they saw him, Norton they went because Whoa. I don't think I think everybody knew that it wasn't really supposed to be. A it'll just become one of those like, oh, Chris Evans is my favorite Captain America, and yeah. then it'll be like, oh, uh, John Smith, no, he's my Captain America because I grew up on him. Look, here's the thing: Marvel just proved with Guardians of the Galaxy, if it's a good story 
and people will go to it no matter what. Yeah. And if there's dancing. <laughs> if there's dancing. <laughs> okay, if there's dancing. Do you think Sam Raimi's watching the beginning of that film and going, see, it works. It works. I'm dancing telling works. you. It w- look, he's just dancing through shit. Oh, if only I had Peter kick rats. That would have been perfect. Although, you know what, though? I give props to Sam Raimi because the amount of loathing he had for that movie comes through in that film in such a delicious, palatable way. Well, that was just it. When they got to three, they were so overdoing it. Because they had been working on those films for, what, well, nine years or something? Well, not even that. He, he's, he's the guy when Spider-Man 2 came around. He said, I hate Venom. I will never do a Venom movie. And the first thing they did was say, hey... Guess what? You're doing Venom, and in my mind, just for me, I I just want to hear. It's like, okay, I'll do Venom. I'll show you. I'll show you how good a Venom movie can be. Don't worry, guys. He'll be okay <laughs> under my watch. Just to spite Columbia and Sony Pictures, so it's like, make me do Venom. I'm gonna show you. How Damn you, Sam Raimi. Because no, but character. you know what? He is right. Because Venom is a very one-dimensional character, especially the monster Venom. Mm. So it's like, yeah, I'm gonna show you how shitty Venom is. He becomes a good guy, lethal and, protector, the greatest and, comic ever. And you know, and even then, like the current Flash Thompson Venom is great, but he looks like no, Venom, Venom is. I'm gonna say it's Venom's not a great character, and he just shows how badly a, char- a character Venom can be. So what you're saying is he should have used Carnage. Uh, yeah, another another astounding character that the the '90s gave us. One of Rich's favorites. I still like Carnage. I know it brings up a lot of bad. Next, you'll be telling me Cable is 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 solid writing through and through. No, but X twenty three is one of my very favorites. And, you know characters, X, but you know what? X twenty three was started on a cartoon and yes, not in was. comics. Yes, it was. Let's put some boobs on Wolverine. It's the, it's, shit. it's the it's the Harley Quinn. You know, sometimes yep, totally. your best characters don't come from your film. Don't come from your comics. Okay, so in with Guardians, what would you give it as a rating for itself? Not comparing it to anything else. Uh, you know, out of, out, out of ten, what would you give it? I eight. Eight. Out of ten is a lot, yeah. But I would. I'd say, probably say eight. As, I, much, I, as much as I nitpick that film. No, I yeah. I think uh, on a whole, it's really good. And I like the. I mean, again, I enjoyed it. I like the fact that it was a very colorful film for a space. Mm-hmm. That was nice to see. So. I'd give it. I'd give it an eight. Ethan. Around that, I'd say like I'd eight, go eight, a little bit higher too. I think I enjoyed it a lot more. So you like? So I'd say like D eight plus and a eight half. Minus? Yeah, like an eight, eight no, and a half. Numbers, numbers, not letters. <laughs> Let's not confuse the audience any further. Eight point five. Eight point five. B plus. Let's yeah. go B plus on that. Say I'd give it probably a nine. Nine point five. Oh my god. You saw it four times in six days. <laughs> but, but you know, but it's also like with with those scales, it's so hard, especially like the, how much like how much do you? How much I think, I think we've had films. this discussion before. I said it should just be: did you like it, or did you love it, or did right. you hate it? You know. Well, see, here's the thing: I loved it. I, I really did. I know it has flaws in it. I know there's problems with it. And with that, we're going to wrap up another episode of Nerdables. And you can always check us out on SoundCloud, Blip.tv, and Stitcher Radio. That you just did an update, so they've got some really cool things going on with their new app, and you might as well check it out. And while you're checking us out, go over to iTunes, leave us your comments and concerns, tell us what you think of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and uh, make sure you please, 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 please subscribe and leave us a comment. Also, go over to facebook.com backslash nerdables. Uh, you can go to Twitter at nerdables show. And head on over to nerdables.com where you can see all of Sebastian's pictures from Comic Con 2014. So, for the guys here, I'm Ari Rain saying, so, anyways. Oh my God.